Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Liana Holston. And I'm Sienna Jekyll. And freaking welcome to Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, the very slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition. This podcast is a safe space for people who don't know anything about movies. Today we're watching Sunset Boulevard. I am big. The pictures that got small. Number 16 on the AFI list. Warning. There will be spoilers about this film. If you like this podcast, please be sure to subscribe to it and rate us a gorgeous five stars in the Apple Podcasts app. Also, we are on social media at Tossed Popcorn. We are on TikTok, if you can believe it, Twitter and Instagram, and we post gorgeous memes every Saturday. Don't miss those memes. A quick content warning. This film does deal with suicidality and suicide attempts. Sienna! <laughs> yeah, Liana? <laughs> this movie. What was so relatable? So good? Where did you fall? I can't figure out if I loved the woman, hated the film, or if I just had a fine time. <laughs> I get that for this one. First, I want to know what you thought this movie would be about. I'd love to hear your prediction of Sunset Boulevard. Let's start with yours. Hi, Liana. It's Sienna. I'm about to watch Sunset Boulevard, another movie I've never, ever heard of. Based on the name, though, I see something pretty clear in my mind's eye. (laughs) I think a man is going to lose his hat on Sunset Boulevard. (laughs) It's going to fly off in the wind, 
It's going to land at the feet of a oh. woman. They're going to have a beautiful rom-com romance. There will be big bands at a great hotel, a 50s charm. It will be in black mm-hmm. and white, and someone will die. Oh. Let's see what this film is all about. Sienna. It wasn't that bad, actually. Did you record that after watching the film? Okay, may I make a, a big innuendo? Yeah. I mean, he does lose a hat. I'm not sure this makes sense, because I don't actually know that much about penises. Here's, okay. <laughs> no, okay, I got it. Hang on. A man loses his hat. A hat could be considered sort of the tip mm-hmm. of a man. Mm-hmm. The tip, just the tip of him is lost to a woman. He bones a woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> uh-huh. Okay, I see where that, I see it, yeah. Oh, I, I guess we that. should listen to my prediction. Yeah. Good morning, Sienna. <laughs> it's Liana. I'm about to watch Sunset Boulevard. Boulevard. A film... I, of course, know nothing about. I love this morning voice. <laughs> I am guessing it's set in Hollywood land mm. due to the fact that there's very famously a Sunset Boulevard here mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Um, and I think Glenn Close was like involved with this what? many years after this one came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, shut up. That's right. I'm, I'm imagining glamour <laughs> and probably a blonde woman and... I hope a lot of sparkles. Love you, bye. Okay, we both did an okay job. Like, they were like whispers. They were echoes of what was in this movie. Yeah. In these predictions. We were on to something. We could sense something from that title. I will say, like, it's not hard to guess. (laughs) Like, as soon as you put a blatantly Hollywood title on a film, what do you think they're going to guess that it's about? True. There were good sparkles, though, and I did think about you. Oh, there were sparkles in this film. Sienna, would you please give us a summary of Sunset Boulevard? Yes. This eccentric, glamorous, horny, (laughs) aging actress named Norma Desmond is obsessed with her old career and wants to get back into Hollywood. As fate may have it, a hottie named Joe, also the narrator, who is struggling to make ends meet as a screenwriter accidentally stumbles upon her bizarre mansion on Sunset Boulevard. In this dark comedy noir, Norma bullies Joe into living in her house, being her boyfriend, and writing the screenplay that she hopes to put her back on that big, beautiful silver screen. Spoiler alert, it ends tragically. (gasps) I'm so glad you liked this movie, or liked her. She's the greatest. I liked her so much that, to be honest, most of my historical context is about her. <laughs> the actress yeah. or who she's supposed to be in the... Yes. <gasps> and we'll get to why. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the historical context segment. Sunset Boulevard, the 1950 film. Apparently, yeah, as you said, was supposed to be a dark comedy, which I was like, wait, what? <laughs> It is a film noir, and it's not that far off from reality. Ooh. Basically, the premise is about this woman who was at the height of her career in the 1920s in that golden age of Hollywood, and now it's the 40s, and she's still trying to be relevant, but it's not hashtag working. Silent movies are done. Silent movies are donezo. 
And this happened with a lot of real-life actresses. <gasps> a bit about the stars of the film. William Holden, who plays whatever. Joe. Joe. Served in World War II? Oh. You don't care about war. I no, forget I... every time. <laughs> Didn't a lot of actors serve in the war? Didn't Santa, they have to? <laughs> when are you going to learn? That in this segment, I actually need you to just be like, wow, that's really interesting. You're right. I'm so sorry. Okay, wait, say it again. <laughs> Did you know William Holden, who plays Joe, actually served in World War II? I did not know that. Cool. And now I've told you. <laughs> After the war, William did super duper well in Hollywood and was nicknamed Golden Holden, which I think is fun. That's cute. And now on to Gloria Swanson, who plays Norma in this movie. Absolute queen. Oh my Absolute god. Absolute goddess. Oh my god. Okay, so the role of Norma was originally offered to silent film stars Mae West, Pola Negri, and Mary Pickford. And all of them were like, bitch, no. Like, first of all, rude. Mm. Second of all, no. Gloria was also a silent film star. Okay, I'm loving the eye contact and the earnest listening that I'm getting from you right now. Mm -hmm. She was actually 51 during the filming of this movie. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. I did not expect that. She started acting in 1915, left Paramount in 1928 to produce her own films, and she produced a film called Queen Kelly, where they hired a German director named, oh, I, I didn't write it down. He spent so much money on the film that it never got released because they had to like shut it down. <laughs> it was too fancy. So Queen Kelly was never released in the US, but a portion of that film is seen in Sunset Boulevard when she shows him an old movie that she was in. It's that movie. That's so cool. Thank you. That's really cool. She retired in 1934 from silent film acting. And then she did one film between then and Sunset Boulevard. Then once she did Sunset Boulevard, she like wanted to develop it into a musical. So she hired two struggling songwriters. And that is where the parallels start. This was afterward? After Sunset Boulevard. Holy crap. Gloria hires two struggling songwriters falls in love with one of them. No. And that is according to that guy. So it's like, oh. you know. Oh. <laughs> All right. The studio passed on the musical and that was like it. It died. The project died. And I was like, that spooky. It sucks for something to be based on something that happened in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got there. Gloria was also like a dope ass businesswoman. She started a yeah. skincare brand. Uh, she did a lot of yoga. So shouts out to her, I don't know, joints. And a fun fact, she was the visual inspiration for Morticia Adams in the original <gasps> New Yorker Adams Family publications in 1938. That is so interesting. This is a fun fact. This movie also very Adams Family esque. There were other, okay, here's where the film was like IRL in real life based. Cecil B. DeMille plays De himself. <laughs> he actually directed Gloria Swanson in silent films in the past. And whatever nickname he calls her in the film, it's like Sweet Nugget or Old Man or whatever. Yeah. Is actually the nickname he used for her on set. Aww. Norma's poker friends in the film, the quote unquote waxworks, were actual silent film actors playing themselves. Oh, wow. um, Buster Keaton, Anna Q. <gasps> Nilsson, and H.B. Warner. Here's my final fact for you in the historical context section. Mm -hmm. I literally cannot break eye contact with you when okay. I say this because I need to see your full reaction. Okay. Sunset Boulevard, 1950. That film's working title was 
a can of beans. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> That's exactly, I mean, I guess like it's a noir, so <laughs> let's talk about beans. And here's what I, we have to talk about this. Like, what is the difference between a can of beans and a hill of beans? You may recognize this from our Casablanca episode where Humphrey Bogart is like, oh, the problems of two little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this world. What does the can add to it, value-wise? What does this mean now? That's also like, a can of beans is not not a hill of beans, just contained within an aluminum cylinder. What does a hill make? Wow. I think we've actually sort of entered into a realm of poetry with this podcast. Anyway, that's the end of my history for this film. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Sienna, what did you think about this movie? I thought it was so good. <gasps> really? Yeah. More than this being like, oh, some film that was perfect, made for me. I just want to watch it all the time. I was just like, you know what? This is this is a quality film. Mm. And I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I enjoyed my time watching it. I was mm. really engrossed, particularly once Norma entered the scene. Oh. Shall we move on to phone notes? <laughs> yes, we shall. These are the notes that we take on our phones while we watch the films because we watch them separately. And then, ooh, we made up to gossip about them later. AKA, right meow. This film is Hollywood. It lives, breathes, exudes Hollywood. Okay, the beginning of this movie, I was like, oh my God, if this is a murder mystery, I am down. Right? But then it wasn't a mystery. So it opens on a man floating in a pool, very Gatsby of him to do. And then the narration, there's a voiceover, because of course there's a voiceover, because it's a film noir, which I did love. Honestly, okay, this actually was to me a bit of a murder mystery because I forgot what Joe looked like. I also <laughs> did not realize that was Joe. I was like, I don't even think I need to put William Holden, the actor, in the historical context because he was just a guy. Like, he just looked like some guy. Apparently, he was like the heartthrob. Really? My grandma, my what? grandma Jekyll. Oh loved him wow he was the hottie and i was so interested in that as well because he's yeah. he's a man i mean i didn't get it until he gets out of the pool and yeah. i was like oh i got it partway through oh i understand we start out really following joe's story and joe gillis joe gillis and joe is a struggling screenwriter navigating hollywood trying to decide if he's going to get another job what he's going to do for work and that's when he stumbles upon the home of norma yes because he really needs $300 because he's got his car, but he's like, I don't know, hasn't paid the loan, the lease on it. For some reason, two men in hats are coming after him. Wow. Okay. A lot happens while this boy is looking for money. So when he goes to the producer on the lot, I think it's the Paramount lot. It's gotta be. And he's like, please buy my baseball screenplay. A woman comes in who's the best part of this film, except for Norma. What is this woman's name? It's Betty. Like Bet. What? Betty. Betty, you were so close with Bet. She comes in and just fully shits on this guy's screenplay <laughs> to her boss, not realizing that the guy is right behind her. <laughs> and I was like, love you for that. And then she sees him and she says, do you remember what she says? No. I wrote it down. She goes, right now, I wish I could crawl in a hole and pull it in after me. <laughs> I loved the lines in this movie. That's oh. the good thing about a noir. They, they give you stuff. They give you yes. some good stuff. Another line in that scene was, You'd have turned down Gone with the Wind, which I was like, whoa, sort of like acknowledging real world film. It's the AFI universe. The AFI cinematic. Oh, fucking nightmare of a place to live. But I was like, that would have been 
the right thing to do. Like, yeah, he wouldn't have made money, but he would have been centuries ahead of his time, morally. Okay, so he arrives at this haunted mansion, which <laughs> does look very haunted, very Adams Family-esque. Did you think at all that the house looked a little bit like the Stanford Alumni Center? No. Okay. I was a tour guide I was gonna at Stanford say. University, and our tours always walked right past the Alumni Center. The sort of Spanish mission style architecture or mission revival actually oh, is what it was. Okay. Um, with the sort of tiled roofing and the palm trees around it and the archways, I think, really reminded me of the. Sorry, this is now actually an architecture podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Having a party all by yourself? Go get some punch because we'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Rich Davis from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself. But we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. So he's standing outside of this house, kind of looking around, thinking it's abandoned. And then this old woman. Old-ish. Wearing, yeah, I know. I have a feeling I'm going to accidentally keep saying old 
but it's aging. Another thing that I think is very funny in all old movies, and this one, it really stands out, is that people decided to get old so much earlier back in the day. Like, (laughs) they would be like 40 and they'd be like, all right, time to put on my sweater and sit in my chair. Oh my goodness. Literally. And because also people our age at that time were like fully dressed in suits and dresses and heels and walking. I was like, she's probably like 50, which actually turns out she canonically is supposed to be. So yes, this middle-aged actress is standing there but she's very eccentric and strange and croaking and she you know called to him like you're supposed to be up here because she was waiting for him she was waiting for the guy who was bringing her monkey's coffin and we sienna said that so casually but we will sit with that and go into a bit further she's dancing she's dancing because this is is the point this is the point in the movie where you're like okay (laughs) this is a fun movie yeah an outlandish old woman talking about her monkey's funeral? Now that's a movie. Now that's a movie. This film, absolutely off the rails in almost every way. Norma's at a 10 the entire time. The first way you meet her is with a dead monkey. She yeah. brings him up the stairs. She's like, you there, you're late. Come upstairs. And he goes upstairs. He's like, I really am not supposed to be here right now, but I am a white man. And so I will just sort of yes and my way into getting money. She's like, he's just laid out on the chaise in the laundry room, living room. And you don't know what's there. You mm-hmm. think, well, it's like maybe her husband passed away. Maybe like a, a, a dear friend. They pull back the sheet, coroner style, in a morgue. And it is a dead old monkey. It's amazing. That's when you know you're in for a ride, baby. It's so insane. And boy, oh boy, they take you on a ride. So they move further into the home. She finds out he's not actually the monkey. What's the name for people who do funerals? Crypt keeper? Not a monkey crypt keeper. (laughs) He figures out that she's Norma Desmond. And He's like, your face, I know it. <laughs> I know it from being famous. Also, she has photos of herself everywhere, everywhere. all over the walls. She, this woman is my muse. I, she's who I want to be when I grow up. I love her so much. She wears glamorous things. She lives in a stupidly huge, dumb house. She watches videos of herself. And then she pays a young, hot man to just be there and live with her. We have to talk about her iconic line when he's like oh you used to be big and then she goes i am big it's the pictures that got small i'm obsessed with her i wrote that so many times (laughs) she is a feminist icon she is a lifestyle blog she is the moment she is my mood board she is my mother she's like she's my mother She's that Lady Gaga gif where Lady Gaga's just listing adjectives. She's like, talented, powerful, moving, the moment, incredible, inspirational. There could be a hundred people in a room, and if one of them is Norma, you are going to have a good day. Listen, Gen Z would love this bitch. Oh my God. She also brings up astrology. She's literally like, what's your sign? What's your sign? He comes, you know, he's like, I don't want to work here. She's like, "Mm, what's your sign? He's like, what the fuck? She's like, what month were you born in? He's like, December. She goes, Sagittarius. Sagittarius. Okay. Also, I gotta say, I love a mysterious, omniscient butler. I loved Max. What was he? He is here. He is there. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. Max is everywhere. He knows everything. In many ways, this was my dream life, which I know is like a very sort of tragic thing to say. 
And I will say, like, I want to be Norma, but I want to have friends. And I also want, like, my life to be real and not made up by a guy named Max, who's my ex-husband slash now butler. I didn't think her life was that sad, actually. She obviously wasn't doing well. Mm-hmm. She had some struggles mentally and emotionally. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. if she wanted friends, like she could have gotten friends. It, was, it wasn't like nobody wanted to be her friend. And she did poker with friends. I don't know. That's true. You know? she, her she's, life really was her own in, right. a, in a way that I don't think we've seen in a movie yet. That's so true. She throws a party where nobody's there. It's not because no Uh-oh. one comes. They would have come. It's because she wants to just hang out alone with this hot man. Oh, my God. Okay. She's also incredibly rich. So, uh, like, un- unfathomably. Extremely. The biggest home you've ever seen. And just, like, seems like she's never going to run out of money, which I guess was the case with those early Paramount stars. They just had more money than they knew what to do with. So, Norma realizes Joe is not there to bury the monkey. And so she instead starts telling him about her screenplay. It's like a, it's a Hollywood thing that we just can't like, as two women sort of in the industry, like we can't explain to you how like normal it is. I know it sounds insane, but it's just like, oh my God, what are you working on? Oh my God, here's my screenplay. Hers though is absolutely bonkers. It is handwritten. There didn't seem to be any page numbers there. I do not know how he Mm -hmm. kept track of anything. Handwritten on regular printer paper, stacks and stacks of it, tied up with ribbons. It seems like parchment even because she's from the past. (laughs) But at some point she's like, wait, you said you're a writer? What do you do? Okay, come over here and read my screenplay. It's good, right? I'm going to be the star. Oh my God, I simply adore her. And so as a result, she ends up like hiring Max to ghost Max. Jesus. Joe. We know lots of people like Joe. Yes, who, we all know a Joe. Betty's out here like busting her ass, like writing. And he's just like, I just rolled into an old rich lady's house and she took me in. Oops, sorry. In more ways than one. Um, <laughs> so Norma hires Joe to like ghost write, sort of compile her screenplay into an actual thing so they can sell it to Paramount and make a fail. Sort of over time, Joe ends up staying in her guest house because he can't go back to his apartment because the hat boys know where he lives right. and they know that he has his car and it's not in Palm Springs. So he stays in her guest house. Max, the mysterious butler, goes and like moves his stuff into the guest house. And I was like, to be honest, Joe should be grateful for a free apartment and that somebody moved for him. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. His life is amazing. Like anybody who handles apartment things for you, you should just be like, thank you so much. That is a huge favor. I lived in an absolute shitbox before and now I have a gorgeous home. I know. Because this house looks so haunted when you first get there, I could only sort of think that this is a horror movie of some sort. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what it was trying to tell. I wrote, this is how a woman is a horror figure by organizing his things for him and making his life better. Yeah. She's like, come here, boy. I'll give you a nice coat and hang up your things. He's like, oh, my God. Ah! Oh, this really is a horror film for men. She wants a commitment. Oh, I, I like can leave at any time. But like if I do, she like asks where I went. And it's like really fucked up. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the movie. You just that's so funny. OK, speaking of he can leave at any time. Joe goes to a New Year's party and we have to talk about the blonde women (gasps) laughing into the telephone. (laughs) Well, they sounded kind of like that. I also, I saw that I was like, Liana, Liana, hello, 
Hello. Never in a movie do they represent, whenever they represent women or anything, like it's women with men, women in these situations, like following their dreams. Forget all that shit. You know what most of being a woman is? It's holding a phone and scream laughing with a friend and not being able to even speak words because you're laughing so hard for no reason. So anyway, Joe goes to this party when he gets there, he tries to use the phone and there are these two women who are having a great time. Yeah. And he goes to the party because he's like, I got to be around youths. I got to be around my own people. I wanted to talk about that part because he's been at the mansion working there for quite some time. Mm. And then at some point he's like, oh, God, I need to I need to get out of here. I need to get out of this isolated, multi-generational household. (laughs) So I thought that this was a very relatable moment for our generation and everybody right now. Oh my days, you're so right. I need to get out of here. I need to find people my own age. I need to go be in a big group of people all smushed together in a room, recklessly dunking drinking glasses right into a communal bowl of punch. Oh my God. And then he flirts with an unavailable person who's in a relationship. And that's quarantine. Can we talk about the many sort of hot girl summer moments that happen in this movie? Okay, yeah. So Betty, the one who originally read his script, she is at this New Year's party and she's like, oh my gosh, I just wanted to say sorry for like shitting all over your script that I I have felt bad since then. He's like, that's fine. And then they kind of do some banter. And then her boyfriend's like, are you going to go into the bathroom with him? That's don't do that. And she's like, it's shop talk, sweetie. Then they go to the bathroom and like promptly almost make out. Immediately. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. she's not like seduced by Joe. The unapologetic way with which she decided to just fully cheat on her boyfriend suddenly also. Mm. Mm -hmm. That also they had a very fun dialogue moment between them where Betty's like, oh, my God, what was that screenplay you wrote? What was it? And Joe was like, oh, dark windows. How'd you like it? She says, I didn't. (laughs) He says, thank you. (laughs) Their dialogue's so fun. Oh, I didn't. No, no, it was bad. Oh, uh, well, thank you. But then, okay, so another content warning, we are going to talk about suicidality currently right now. So if oh, you yes. would like to skip, feel free. Norma struggles a lot with suicidality and depression. And so they had to like take the doorknobs off the home and take out any like possible things she could use for self-harm. But somehow she gets a hold of some things. And so she has a suicide attempt on New Year's Eve and Joe gets a call about it. And he's like, oh my God, where, where is she? And unfortunately, my problematic take here was... Me and who? (laughs) Not in the suicide part, but in like, who's going to run home and be like, where is she? Sort of Batman style. And then come up to where I'm sort of sleeping and take my shoes off for me and be like, how are you? Also, her bed is a boat. I loved her bed. I loved her bed. Okay. Because also, okay, her bed is a boat and it is a single person bed, which I got to say, I think queen beds too big. All right. I think they're just a little too big for comfort. They take up a lot of my room. It was kind of a spacious twin. High up. It's a boat. It's luxurious. That is the way to sleep. Did you know that bed, the boat, is from the 1925 The Phantom of the Opera film? And here, here's where we must talk about early in the film, the first moment where Joe is in the home. He comes downstairs. He's like, hey, I got to ask somebody some questions because I'm really confused. And Max is not listening because he is loudly playing the organ. Max, the phantom of the boulevard, (laughs) is playing the organ through Joe being like, sir, I need to. And he's like. (laughs) Max. So, yes, he's this like very spooky, ridiculous, chaotic butler. But then we find out 
he wasn't just a butler. No, no. He wasn't born into servitude and has been working for her this whole time. He reveals <laughs> in this absolutely boinko bonko crazy conversation with Joe, Max opens up to Joe. He's like, listen up, buddy. Stop trying to get in here and show this woman reality. She needs this. I need her. She matters to me. And you want to know why? Because A, I was her director. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then he goes, also, her husband. Talk about a plot twist. This is another way in which this woman is my absolute hero. Her ex <laughs> literally works for her. Does her absolute bidding. How did that status switch happen? I can't imagine the like pitch meeting for that. Like they've sort of finalized the divorce papers and then she's like, hey, I was thinking, do you want to be my butler? Do you think it happened before they even got divorced? <laughs> you think they started already, being her butler? They already sort of shifted. Okay, so Norma is trying to sell this movie to Paramount, to mm -hmm. actual Cecil B. DeMille, the director who she's worked with in the past. She's like, oh, Cecil will love it. He'll buy the film. He'll produce it. We'll be big stars again. And she goes to the lot. She visits him. She sits. And I was like, once again, men are such cowards who just will not tell you what's going on. Mm. And that is what most of this film hinges on, is just men being like, ooh, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So I'm actually just going to not do anything about this. So instead, I guess I'll just let her like, shoot someone and go to jail. <laughs> One thing that we didn't say a second ago, when you did your me and who, the very dark moment where she is at the end of her rope. <laughs> okay. Um... He finds her. He's like, oh, my God, are you OK? Whatever. She's like, yes. Don't look at me. If you're not going to love me, go away. Basically, they bang. It's crazy. You're like, wait, huh? what? You thought that this was going to be a movie about like this woman who she falls in love with him. And he's like, no, no way. But at this point, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. OK, here was my question for you. Fucking love And I this. can't tell if this is just I have trust issues uh -huh. or if this was like, the actual film. W did he actually love her care about her i don't think he banged her because he loved her I th oh. but maybe he did this is my greatest fear is the guy being like all right i guess this, i guess i'll bone you this is an interesting question though that's not my greatest fear i guess i should <laughs> my greatest fear is killing someone with my car my second greatest fear is the guy being like sure instead of like how lucky am i okay more importantly how the hell did that hourglass coffee pot work? Oh my god, that thing was so cool. Do you know it? Have you seen these before? I really trust you to sort of know about like laundry and oh my god, I am being so misogynistic right now because the second thing I was going to say was kitchen items. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm... This is only because you're like, put vinegar on your clothes and then also here's how you use a juicer. It's only because those are the things that I care about. Oh my god, oh no. I guess you're just always in the kitchen or the laundry room. <laughs> I do love those places. I feel very safe there. Oh my god! Also the bathroom, though. Um, <laughs> to do my makeup? <gasps> I danced with Valentino. We'll be right back. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV. 
like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself, but we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. Betty and Joe are like, let's write a screenplay together and we'll meet late at night and we definitely won't bone because that's for sure how group projects work. Oh, this part was... <sighs> Say it. It was hot. It was hot. It was hot because this one, it wasn't just like right in your face horny. It was like this man and this woman decide to work together, write a screenplay. He also has to listen to what she says mm. about his work. That mm. was one thing this movie featured that I've literally never seen mm -hmm. in many movies and definitely not in any on this list. Mm. And then him being like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Let me implement that note. They're working together and it's all this buildup of them just getting along. And then uh, when they finally do kiss, it was like... <gasps> I threw my arms up in the air at seven in the morning and I said, yes, <laughs> which is like the ghost of all my pent up horniness just coming out. 
finally, does it happen for someone? <laughs> it was really good. The female characters in this movie were like fun. I mean, they were just better than a lot of female characters. Yeah, definitely better. They still were very like tied to men. But Betty was still like striking out on her own, doing her own thing. Right. Norma didn't need anyone. She was like very financially independent. Yeah. A man worked for her. Um, how did Norma get a gun? <laughs> how did she get a gun? Yeah, you know how there's that thing of like, if you see a gun in the first act. A Chekhov gun. It'll go off in the third. We don't see the gun in the first act. No. <laughs> Chekhov's gun was introduced in the third act and then pulled two minutes later. She's like, I got a gun. <laughs> also, we see it revealed. She like rolls over and she was lying on a gun the whole time. We're like, wait, what? And then she comes up to Joe because Joe's finally like, I'm moving out. You're bonkers. I had to tell Betty that I'm boning you after I kissed her because she was like stressed. Anyway, I'm moving back to Ohio to do sales. <laughs> and then Norma comes into his room. And do you remember how she holds the gun? No. Okay, she has it in both of her hands, palms up, and she's like, look at this gun. <laughs> I love her so much. I was like, what are you doing? I want to be her. She was like offering it to the gods. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> what? What? Look at my gun. Sit down. Oh my God, I just love her so much. And then the murder mystery is solved. Right. The murder mystery that was only a mystery for those with the smoothest brains, like ourselves. <laughs> is solved when he runs out near the swimming pool where we see the man floating at the beginning. Although he casually walks. Like, I don't think he feels threatened at all because he's just got his little suitcase. Yeah, yeah. And he's walking not. to the car because Max is like, I'll take you to Ohio, the airport. I don't know where he was going to take him. And then she shoots him in the back. She freaking shoots him. It was awesome. Absolute icon. Incredible aim. Hits him. She's three for three on shots. It's unreal. The other thing I liked about this movie was the ending was satisfying in that way where Betty comes and she's like, you know what? I don't care that you've been pimping yourself out for this woman mm. and that this is where you've been living. Mm -hmm. Let's just get out of here. And mm -hmm. he's like, honestly, Betty, like this is like kind of awesome. Like I actually don't want to leave this situation. And it's also like, where am I going to live? Let's be real. Like this doesn't suck. No, there's champagne on tap. <laughs> I eat only caviar. All of my suits are purchased for me and no men in hats are spotting me on the road. Which is true. Like, I don't think that this has to be a thing for everybody, but like, I think this could completely work for someone. <laughs> it does logistically make more sense. Yeah. And so he's like, no. Yeah. And then he ends up leaving, which I'm like, what? You just explained what? Uh. Yeah. But he leaves. And then she has the gun and where another movie might not have, it might they might have held it up and then artistically dropped it. Mm. She's like, I'm going to shoot him. I'm going to fully shoot this I'm boy. mad at him and I have a gun. Also, she shoots him in the back. But he doesn't like fall over, which I, I know I, I've never shot anyone, but I would think wouldn't the force of the bullet like shove you in some way? He kind of just yeah. gets like gently sort of pushed hey. <laughs> and he floats forward hey, and then he's like, what the fuck? And he still has time to like saunter backward and Gatsby into the pool. <gasps> You're so right. It's weird. It's a weird way to go. He's kind of like, hey, hey, uh, there's too many in me now. Whoa. Okay. Norma is literally... Yzma from The Emperor's New Groove. Oh my God, I didn't think about that. You're 100% right. I didn't even Google it, but I would bet money that that character was based off of her in, in Sunset Boulevard. Oh. Even just the eyeshadow, the big eye makeup, the expressions. Yes. Pull the lever, Kronk. You there. This is my screenplay. <laughs> They're the same. 
You're so right. Thank you. Oh my God, I love her so much. Unfortunately, I did laugh at the final shot of the film. So this is like Norma has done her absolutely batshit descension of the stairs. The police have arrived because she did a murder. And she thinks she's finally going to like be on the big screen because the news cameras are there. She's like, oh, the camera's ready. And Max Max is sadly like, you're on camera. Come down. It's your scene. She's having a big delusion. And she does this unreal descension of the stairs to a very good score, which did win the Oscar that year. And she does that iconic line. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close up. And then she sort of does like a very lower jaw forward look into the camera. And that's where I was like, (laughs) (laughs) funny. She's funny. Liana, shall we move on? I feel like this whole episode has been a a badge already. (laughs) But yes, yes, we shall. This is the part of the podcast where we tell you badges, the things we liked from the film, and tragedies, the parts of the film that we found tragic. Badge for streets, I know. He said Franklin and Ivar. I said, I've seen that intersection. Badge for proudly displaying selfies. I take a lot of selfies and don't want anyone to see him. And she is my icon. Mm. Badge for a robe. I love a robe. Badge for an adorable tow truck. When his car gets taken away, it's cute and stout. Okay, badge for short ties. Also cute and stout. Badge for a little car phone that she uses to talk to Max. Badge for a woman hating a man's screenplay. (laughs) Oh, badge for effed up bangs. She accidentally messes up her bangs at one point, and I was like, I feel you. A badge for a woman saying, you there. Oh, a badge for a woman saying, oh, you. A badge for a woman saying, the garage. (laughs) Women, speak more. A badge for Max. Oh, I have a badge for the husband's. A badge for chaotic hot girl summer moments. Oh a badge for Norma saying, cut away from me. A badge for a woman pretending to be Charlie Chaplin. Okay. A little bit as foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> I could see you doing this. I mean, I all but have. <laughs> I have a badge for a woman eating a sandwich, which is when Betty is just like nourishing herself at a deli. And I was like, we need more of that in film. Badge for a woman saying, it's not your career, it's my career. Oh. Badge for the line from, of course, Max. Madam will pardon me. The shadow over the left eye is not quite balanced. Badge for a big powder puff. It's for the big powder I'm sweating. I'm actually sweating so much. Badge for that big poof to apply powder. This movie unites us all. We have all synchronized. Every woman in the world has synchronized with this film. Oh. She's preparing Mr. DeMille for her close-up. And she's doing her makeup. And she's got that huge poof that they use to apply powder, which I didn't know was real. I've only seen it in animated films. I know. It was oh. so big and covered in so much powder. And she was like, to the cops, she's like, sorry, boys, I need to get prepared. And the two men are like, uh, I uh, guess we should just let her do this. <laughs> are there any tragedies? I do have some tragedies. Yes, me as well. I got a tragedy, of course, for Hollywood assistants. The whole film, I was like, okay, I do have to, after this, go to my job as a Hollywood assistant. There's, she has one line in it that's like, the, the mayor thought of just some assistant calling me. And I was like, all right. Okay. I send emails. Like, that's hurtful. Kind of similar. I just have a trage for triggered. 
we, mm. this being just a tough business, they, yeah. they, they portray it. I have a trash for it when he's meeting the producer at the lot. The producer is pitching a film and the log line for it is the story of a woman. And I was like, oh boy. A trage for, I am so tired for Max because he's the only one who worked there and he was carrying bags and then he was over, you know, serving dinner and he was over playing the organ. And then whenever anything needed to be done, he had to do it. And I was like, oh my God, I can get in the car and I can wash my face. And those are the two things I can do in a day, you yeah. know? I've got a trash for a woman saying, I'm just not good enough to do it all by myself, which Betty says about her screenplay. And I was like, Betty, bitch, you got a nose job. You can do anything. A trash for the romance between Betty and Joe just being confusing to me because yeah. I can't decide if I liked it or didn't. Yeah. Oh, she's casually cheating on her boyfriend, which is like, I guess, like, you go, girl. Uh, and But she's getting with him and she's also younger. And <gasps> Anyway. I'll jump to my final trash, which was a trash for him saying, oh, nothing like being 22. Um... Being 22 was awful. 22 was bullshit. It was one of my worst years. I think I was in the basement the whole year long. <laughs> oh, the audacity of a man to be like, what a year. No, it was a I bad time. That was the first time I rolled into an old lady's house and she gave me everything. <laughs> Shall we move on to our segment, How to Pretend You've Seen This Film? This is for, you are at a New Year's party. You are sitting on the edge of a bathtub. You are speaking with... Joe, who, does he have a girlfriend? Of course he does. And he's bringing up Sunset Boulevard. Here are a few sentences you could say to pretend you've seen that film. Oh, you like a girl who's small, do you? Well, I am big. It's the pictures that got small. You know, Joe, Sunset Boulevard can be seen as kind of an unrequited love letter to Hollywood. Mm. Um, okay, this is sort of, I have to set the scene for this one. Okay. Joe sort of bursts into the bathroom and I am pattering my face with a big, big poof. Mm-hmm. I turn. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close up. <laughs> She's doing a very strong jaw. Sort of a Keira Knightley. <laughs> okay, Joe, whoop, don't fall into the bathtub. You know, there are several allusions to the Phantom of the Opera in this film with the boat as her bed and with Max playing on the organ. And that's because Max represents the Phantom of the Opera, teaching his pupil, Norma, honing her talents. Do I understand the Phantom of the Opera okay? Sort of. The power dynamic is completely wrong, but yeah. (laughs) Norma's the Phantom. Joe is Christine. Betty is Raoul. Max is... Everyone else? (laughs) That seems perfectly accurate. Yay. Now it is time for our segment, Should You Watch This Or? In which we tell you if we think you should watch this film or if you should do something else with your time. Sienna, what's your recommendation? I recommend you watch this film. It's a good movie. And trust me, we only just scratched the surface of what is fun about this lady. And what's good about this movie. You gotta get a load of it. Mm. All right, Liana, what about you? Babe, I think you maybe should watch this movie. (gasps) Is this your first one where you actually recommend they should do it? I think so. But I will still tie it, of course, to 1917 in the sense of you should watch Sunset Boulevard, then use the inspiration of Norma's iconic energy, her confidence, her eyeshadow. And then literally go purchase George Mackay and make him live with you (laughs) for the rest of your career. 
slash life. Wow. All right. Well, what would you rate this film, Liana? I would rate this film four poofs out of five. And it it loses one just because it's still like a very male heavy, very white film. Uh And okay. Okay. One thing I haven't said on this episode is there was something about it that irked me in the sense of Yes, I loved Norma and I loved the portrayal of her, but it did feel like she sort of was a punchline throughout the film. Like it felt like two men writing about, oh my God, this woman is like crazy. That's really interesting. Especially because I think some of the things that were good about this movie were that I thought they didn't just show her as like a sad sack or a fool. A lot of people would defend her and say, actually, she was a great talent. Mm. Don't say that about her. But it was also men observing her. Yeah. It was always men observing going, Hey, younger man, don't say that about her. Yeah. I was there when I was making her into a star. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Thank you. It's true. It's nuanced. Nuanced. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, nuanced film noir. Uh. <gasps> a nuanced take. I actually love that. So similarly, I would give this film a six out of five, but for sort of similar reasons as you. Hmm. And because at the start, I really, when they were talking about the baseball movie and crap, I was like, Whoa, where am I? What's going on? (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to give it a five out of five, (laughs) five monkey coffins out of five. Oh, very good. Yeah. Amazingly. Excellent. One of the best movies we've seen. Yeah. (sighs) Okay, everybody. That's it. For our episode on Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard. Thank you so much for listening to our episode on Task Popcorn. Like, subscribe, follow us on social media, darling. Next week, we will be watching The Graduate! Horny film! That's all I know about it. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. Thank you. We love you. Bye! You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 
smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.